This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Questions podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions podcast, brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. We are all socially distanced from each other in our own homes, scattered about, trying to manage a connection that is clean. It appears Zoom has gotten popular in the world, and uh, the connection hasn't been as vibrant as we would hope. Speaking of vibrant, get into the fridge. They are open. They are not closed because, by God, liquor stores are an essential business in a pandemic. The fridge, essential anytime, especially now, in Manhattan, at the corner of this and that, where a blockbuster used to be. And if you don't know what a blockbuster is, maybe you're not old enough to be in the fridge. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Ryan, Gilly, Newby, Gilbert. Gilly, do you know what a blockbuster is? Yes. Okay, you can drink it. You can get drinks at the fridge. Very vaguely. Someone on uh, Twitter actually had their Blockbuster card still and tweeted it at the fridge, and they said, come on in, bring it in, and we will give you a T-shirt. I'm like, that's, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. I need to search my desk. I know. Oh, they wouldn't have my size anyhow, I don't think. And, and it's ironic because part of the reason why I have a need for a large size is because I go to the fridge, wholesale liquor, a little bit too often, at least I have in my past. Questions are beginning to dry up a little bit at Wabash Station. I understand there's nothing going on in the world. Yeah, we're going to have to start a Netflix podcast, Zach. What are you watching nowadays podcast? That will be exciting because we'll just talk about Tiger King, and then you'll talk about The Office, and I won't get most of the references because I've never watched The Office. Uh, at this point, I'm beginning to wonder, Zach, what am I saving The Office for? Because if I'm not watching it during a pandemic, when will I watch The Office? I mean, I haven't watched it. I think I've watched like three episodes. Well, it's Riley that's the, the Office fan. That's right. He's watched He's gone. every episode ten times. I don't know who this guy is you're talking about, but I'm sure he enjoys The Office. I, and I think generally I would enjoy the humor, but I tried it early on and I didn't like it. And I never went back. I know this Wednesday... Uh, is the final episode of Modern Family, the two-hour final episode, I Will Get Choked Up. It's been my family for 11 years. It's going to be hard to watch it go. But uh, we will make plenty of Tiger King references to make sure that anyone who hasn't watched the Tiger King is totally left out of those references and doesn't get it. 
I used the Carol Bascom uh, picture of her husband with a dog collar on a leash uh, to, to wish my wife a happy anniversary today, Tuesday, or our 30th anniversary. <laughs> so what am I doing on my 30th anniversary? I'm spending with, with you guys, with you two and all of our listeners at GoPowerKid.com. Feels so special. I know both of them, but both of you guys, we love both you. Of our listeners, yeah, I love you too, guys. Get into the fridge. This segment is sponsored by Tanners. They get their liquor from the fridge, and I can assure you this: when this nonsense ends, and I'm allowed to leave my home, I'll step off my property. One of the first places I will go is Tanners, where I will hug Charlie and probably sob on his shoulder if I can get down there. He's a lot shorter than I am. And say, Charlie, I've missed you. Give me a Pendleton and water. And then let the fun begin. We all need that. We all need some socially non-distant fun and get all together and, like, share germs. That's that's what I need. I don't know when that will ever be, but it's going to be a tanner's for me. Let's get your questions from Wabash Station. This baby might be short. But it's going to be good because we've got Gilly, and Gilly's going to kick some ass today, I think. Zach's turn. Go. (laughs) From WTDB2001, how does David Sloan's transfer affect next season? Ryan, were you as surprised as I was? I I mean, I'd, I'd known there was discussion of it, but I'm not sure what drove it. If he was unhappy with how he was used or... With K-State or knowing that the freshmen were coming in and were probably going to gobble up playing time, I thought once Cardi, when Cartier Jada left, there'd be stability. I was a little surprised by his sudden departure, but there we go. David Sloan, one and done at Kansas State and off to other basketball adventures. Yeah, a few days ago I had zero you know, thoughts in my head that Sloan would go anywhere. And then once we get Rudy Williams, you're thinking – there goes Donovan Williams. There's no way we're going to get him. And then it's funny. I was texting Riley, you know, the old RG. I was like, so is my, my job, you know, covering recruiting for basketball. Is it over? He's like, well, you know, there's rumors that David Sloan, like he might leave. I'm like, there's no way he's going to leave. And sure enough, next day he's gone. It certainly surprised me. I had no idea that this was going to happen. And God, you got to be really hopeful now about Donovan Williams coming to K-State. Yeah, it's uh I'm going to be blunt here. We're kind of caught in between in the transition here between recruiting guys, and we we uh, weren't on top of that as much as we will be. But uh, I like Rudy Williams. Zach, do we have questions about Rudy? Yeah. Okay. We'll get, into we'll, get, we'll get to that. But, I mean, I think that was a – that was very well handled by the basketball staff. I mean, this obviously didn't catch them off guard. They were prepared for it. But David Sloan bolting – it's unfortunate, but let's be honest. As much as we wanted him to play, when he finally did get time to play, he was too turnover prone. He continued to make defensive mistakes, and I, I don't think he was ever going to be able to fully adapt into the Bruce Weber system, which starts with defense. And you can't have your point guard turning the ball over, which he did too often. And honestly, he wasn't a fluid enough scorer. I mean, he did some nice things on the offensive end, but – I thought uh, it looks like Rudy Williams will be more of the score, um, but he only played zone, so it's gonna that's gonna be interesting. But I, I like David Sloan on and off the court. I'm sorry to see him go. 
from purple cheese. I was excited to see Sloan next season. Was my opinion of him skewed due to such a bad season, or do you feel he could have had a nice season next year? You got to think if Cartier was bought in hundred percent this year, we wouldn't see Sloan as much as we did. We wouldn't even see people on Twitter demanding to see Sloan. Um, you know, if we had Cartier all in, if Mike McGurl was a little bit better, I don't think Sloan would have been in the picture at all. And if, of course, Sean Williams as well. Yeah, we forget about him. I mean, that's another point guard that snuck out the door during the course of the season, who I never thought was going to be a great contributor, but certainly could have offered five, ten minutes. David Sloan was born of necessity. They needed him to be the point guard at times because Cartier was not fully checked in. Mike McGurl isn't a true point guard. Sean Williams left. And David Sloan just didn't turn out to be as good as what we thought over the long haul. He just was maybe the best they had available. So that's just an unfortunate reality of what happened there with with David. And I'll be very intrigued to see where he ends up. I mean, I, I think this might be a transfer down. He and Rudy Williams both, their other offers were significantly lower levels of basketball, and they took the better offer. So maybe he'll double back and realize I should have gone to school B instead of the Big 12 school, and we'll I'll just see what happens. From StatCat, can you break down the game of new commitment Rudy Williams? What are his strengths, and uh, whose game would he be similar in style to? Based on what I was watching, um, he reminded me a lot of Dejuan Gordon with a little bit of a, a flair of Marcus Foster in there, the way he can create his own, um, really just score the basketball. But I, I don't want to say Dejuan's game is – his jump shot's not very fluid, if that makes sense. Um, reminded me a lot of that, the way he shoots – a little Barry Brown in there too. Just he's a little acrobatic and create his own. Um, so I think you're excited if you're a K-State fan. I think this is a little bit more than just a, a filler because David Sloan was just that. And obviously they weren't happy with that. So I'm excited. I really am. I think he can go out and score. Um, how good will he be in this team? We don't know. But it, it at least can a little bit fix the uh, scholarship distribution problem we had going. Yeah, it's a step. They didn't have any juniors. Now they have one. I like his game, but it's so hard. Folks, it's so hard to translate a junior college game to a power six conference. Some guys work out and some guys don't. David Sloan was highly regarded. He wasn't very good. Austin Trice was, you know, the power forward coming out of junior college ranks. And he wasn't very good. Hopefully, Rudy's game will translate more to this level. I know this is going to be hard for him to get on the court early because he's going to have to buy in on defense and learn completely different defensive philosophies. Sloan struggled with it. Sloan kind of pushed back on it. And you're not going to win that battle with Bruce Weber. We know that. If you don't want to play defense and buy in, you can't be on the court because for his defense to work, all five of you guys have to be on the same page. One guy breaks down, everything breaks down. So... He's going to have to adapt his defensive skill set to Kansas State before he gets on the floor. What I like about him is he gives you someone who's used to having the ball in his hands as a point guard. He's used to being the quarterback of the team. He has that comfort level until Nigel Pack can acclimate himself to what it takes at this level because he's going to be the point guard. There's no doubt in my mind he's going to be the point guard as soon as he's ready to do so. And Rudy Williams is a guy that can slide off ball a little bit more. 
I like your comparison to Barry Brown and the fact that, yeah, he can be your point, but maybe more as a creator off the ball. Uh, Bruce likes to have two points out there, and he really couldn't afford to do that very often last season because he didn't have enough depth of point. And if he can have Rudy out there with Nigel Pack, I think it really will help the ball handling uh, and ball distribution. This team hasn't necessarily been a good passing team, and a true point guard keeps the ball moving. And boy, last year the ball stuck. When they try to pass it around, it would stick in hands quite a bit as everyone was kind of looking for their own shot. They've got to get crisp passing going, and having multiple point guards on the floor could help that. We'll see how much he gets in playing time because that defense is really concerning to me. Um, it'll be nice when K-State goes into his zone. He's got a lot of experience, but 95% of the time K-State is in that man-help defense that they run so well, and if he can't do it, he won't be out there. You saw it last season with Sloan. From Itambibi, assuming Donovan Williams commits to K-State, who will start for us next year? <laughs> That's a good question. You yeah. know, the roster is so new. I'm like, uh, I don't even know who's on the roster. And you stop and think about it. Um, I, I think one of those two point guards will start. Along with, God, man, there's there's some players. This is tough. Uh, Who's a lock? I'd say Dejuan is a lock. Dejuan's a lock. I agree. But other than that, honestly, I mean, maybe Mike McGurl just because of his leadership. But other than that, I don't think there's a single lock. Yeah, you put Mike McGurl on the floor, and then you really immediately have some issues with, um, what am I trying to say? Were the younger scoring. guys – well, yeah, scoring, but were the younger guys <laughs> slot into that lineup? I mean, yeah, I'm not sure at that point who plays what. Because now if, if Pack or, or Rudy Williams is a point guard, now you've got two point guard-sized players out there. And Xavier Sneed was nice because at 6'6", he could slide up to a small power forward. But you can't really do that with some of the other guys you have here. I mean, you just – you're just not going to see it from a lot of these guys. So Montavious could do that. Montavious can do that. If Montavious is out there, he will certainly be in that role. Um, if you get Donovan, what happens to Selton Miguel, who I think is a really, really good player? And who's going to be your big guy out there? Um, is Antonio Gordon ready to be the post? It's Levi no. Stockard, your post. Now, you, now you're beginning to understand some of my problems with what K-State basketball might become next year. In the way Bruce Weber likes to play, does he have the right parts all fitting together? Uh, because I think we can all agree that Davion Bradford's going to be a project. He's got a little ways to go. I think we can all agree that uh, post-play um, won't. Well, it can't really be worse than what it was. I mean, you had inexperience and and a senior that collapsed on the team down the you know during his final year, which was really unfortunate to see from McCall Moween. But it's it's a great question, and I I wish I could sit here and watch a bunch of film and say this guy will start, this guy will start, this guy will start. You don't know how these freshmen are going to adapt, and guys, you don't know when they'll be able to get on campus. And that that scares me. If they can't get on campus and play together over the summer and start to learn each other, that's going to set back K-State basketball quite a bit. This is not a, a time for K-State as a basketball team not to be able to gather and just hoop 
and just learn each other and get some camaraderie and learn how to play with each other, even if it's on your own in an open gym. Um, let's just hope that they can find a way to get this tamp down enough where students can return to campus for summer. We will see. Uh, I, I absolutely did not answer this question because I don't. Gilly, I, I imagine you're the same way. We just don't have enough knowledge base right now on how all these guys will fit together, let alone the nuances of their game. Can Donovan play as a bigger guy out there? Because I think really the solution for for Coach Weber is to be small, which is happening in college basketball. And I think his team at times can be uh, pretty competitive when they go small. Uh, that would include Montavious being the power forward, which he was at times last year, but uh, he plays more athletically. Antonio Gordon plays much more athletically than your typical five. So, uh, they, look, they're not short on parts. They're not short on guys that could be productive and good players. At this point, I just know who will be. I'm very hopeful about this team, but, man, we got a lot of questions to get answered. Also from Bb, if we do not land Donovan Williams, who will be the next target by Weber? I'm sure Bruce cannot live with an open scholarship. I couldn't tell you that. I mean, we looked at Rudy Williams and we had no idea. I mean, he came out of nowhere. So if it's not Donovan Williams, it's probably going to be some Juco transfer that you've never heard of. And then we see a, a tweet on Twitter. It says, I'm recruited to K-State. You're going to what the heck? But I couldn't give you an answer. I don't know about you, Fitz, but I cannot. Well, they, they have looked at some junior college guys and um, – it's just going to be very intriguing to me to see if they can go find another Juco wing, which I will see if they can, you know, flush something out here and in the short term and, and uh, go find another Juco wing. Getting a Juco guy wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I, I'll say that. I'll just say this. K-State fans really want and need Bruce Weber to get Donovan Williams. They need to win this battle. They need to feel like they went head-to-head with two similar Big 12 programs in Oklahoma State and Texas. Uh, you know, they're kind of both in rebuild mode and kind of trying to retool a little bit. Oklahoma State's got a really good recruiting class coming in. Texas is Texas. They'll get guys. Bruce Weber, in the eyes of his fans, really kind of needs to win this. And it, it'll feel like more than just a recruiting victory if they can land him. Even though I have some doubts about the completeness of his game, I, I think uh, it'll be a nice high-profile four-star guy that the program landed when they really needed to land him. And he has an incredible opportunity to come into K-State. And, and if he is all that, if he's that good, to be a star player. So if not, they'll probably go to the junior college ranks or go reach on someone. And that's what they've done over and over and over and, and kind of bottled themselves up on scholarships. Another option would be to go find a grad transfer. That just doesn't seem to be a route that this coaching staff likes, nor do they seem really very good at it. It's like grad transfers from, you know, some smaller school don't ever seem to pop up and say, yeah, I want to go to Kansas State. They're just not on the on the list. I, I don't know what the issue is there with grad transfers. Other programs are finding them productive. I'll say this. I'll be blunt. I'd much rather them take a grad transfer out of position uh, of need where they can add some depth and experience to a roster that didn't have much experience rather than go reach on some high school kid in California that nobody's ever heard of 
and you're trying to be smarter than everyone else because that has not worked out for this program. From Purple Cheese, do you think any of the players who transferred out will have impacts at their new schools? I think Cardi will. You do? Other than that, yeah. They're pretty good, although they did lose their star young player. He transferred out. Happens everywhere nowadays. I think Cardi's smart enough to know that wherever he goes, he's going to get a lot of playing time. So I think he'll, he'll be impactful. I hope he is. I hope for his future he is impactful and fits into their system and does a good job for him. I got to admit, um, you, you know, if you had asked me in November what was more likely to happen, there would be a virus that would lead to a global pandemic and make us all stay in our houses for a month or more. Or Nigel Shad would transfer to a Power Six program. I would have picked virus. I would have picked meteor. I would have picked uh, zombies. I would have picked elves coming out and into the open and saying, hey, we're elves. We've always been here. Over Nigel Shad getting a scholarship offer from another power level program. But he's at Arizona State now. And by God, the Sun Devils are going to look better walking through the airport because of it. And then uh, I hope. James Love can stay healthy at Eastern Michigan. Maybe Eastern Michigan you think, doesn't have foot issues like Kansas State. You think Love or Shad will play a single minute at all at either of their schools? I, I think yes. Love, if Love can be healthy, he will play. He, you know, he's he's not totally incompetent. Um, was it last year's game with West Virginia when, you know, K-State made that huge run, not this previous season, but – the Barry Brown season when he went off on the team at halftime and they came out and kicked West Virginia's butt in the second half. It seems like it was that game. He was on the court for a big chunk of that. You know, they didn't have plus minus that season, but his plus would have been huge. He did some good things. There's something there more than Nigel Shad. And I think at a school like Eastern Michigan, I think he could be okay. I think he could be okay. He's just got to stay healthy. He's got horrible feet, which is not atypical of big men. So um, let's hope he stays healthy. I I hope Nigel can be productive. I have seen no sign that he is a productive basketball player um, because people just assumed he was injured. He wasn't. He was just not good enough to play even when they needed someone to play. And I'm just stunned Arizona State signed him. Last question of the first half from Intain BB. Did we avoid all the Cardi drama had Chester Frazier not left? Good question. It's a great question. I hadn't really thought of it. Maybe. I mean, obviously, now that Cartier is planning to go to Virginia Tech if he doesn't go play professional basketball, it's obvious there was a bond there. Um, I hope he, getting back with Chester, gets him back on track. Maybe he was the Cardi whisperer and could get him in line and playing the team basketball. They needed him to play last year and he wasn't around. But Chester was a good coach um, and a, a decent recruiter, but... I don't know. Maybe they just had such a good bond. I just can't imagine why things went off track like they did last year. I just I can't grasp how a kid can be functioning in the system for two, three years, and then all of a sudden in his junior season decide, now I'm not going to listen to my coach. I'm just going to make it about me. I can't wrap my mind around it, but – Gilly, do you have any thoughts on Chester Frazier sticking around and what that might have done? I 
I just find it hard to believe that that would have had that huge of impact. Yeah, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, looking at that, but I don't know. I mean, you know, I just think he wasn't happy enough with the coaching staff in general, not giving him enough plays. You know, very similar to Marcus Foster. It's all about me. Um, I want to play professionally. Give me, give me more. And I don't think he was getting that, especially with Frazier gone. So, if you were to ask me that question a month ago, I would say no way. But now that he's going to Virginia Tech, I think it's definitely clear and obvious that that had a pretty big, you know, reason in that. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's, or there's two things here. It's he Chester left. So, you know, he's gone, but then Cardi's willingness and desire to play pro ball. And it kind of got to his head as, you know, as Frank Priscilla said earlier in the year, um, just him wanting to, to go pro. Um, he didn't really have a, a cap on if Chester Frazier was, you know, who he looked up to and who he bonded with the best. I think that, you know, not having Chester there kind of allowed Cardi to become what he became, I guess, this year. Yeah, I agree, Zach. I I don't know. I it's not like you could enforce Chester Frazier to stay. I thought his move was very parallel to go to Virginia Tech, but he made his move. Now Cardi's gonna move out there. K State basketball needs to just kind of move on. Bluntly put, I'm kinda of done talking about Cardi Ajada. You know, he 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 made his decision. He didn't want to be part of this team. And unfortunately, he made that decision prior to the season. He didn't really want to be in the team concept as much as he had been. It's just sad to see that happen. I hope he gets himself back on track. I like Cardi. But he might be a little more flawed personally than what people, fans, might see from just watching the kid on the court. There might be some things going on. Well, that's it for this half of the Powercat Questions podcast sponsored by The Fridge. That half was sponsored by Tanners. We're going to take a little break right now and come back on the other side with more of your questions from Wabash Station. Stay locked in. The Powercat podcast will be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the PowerCap podcast. As we zoom into your lives, your hearts and minds, we zoom into everything. Tim Fitzgerald, Ryan Gilly, Newbie, New RG, uh, G-Spot, Gilbert. <laughs> I don't know if that's, that one's good. I, I feel like I want to use that one, and I probably shouldn't. But I'll just say it for today. G-Man. I'm young. What does that mean? Uh, okay. Explain for the listener. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, tell us, Fitz. Uh, 
It's a magical <laughs> land. It's a magical land that men are not sure actually exists. Explorers have never found <laughs> this Brigadoon. Oh, and uh, Zach Carlson, that guy, our MC. We're sponsored by The Fridge. It is the spot you want to hit to make yourself happy. The Fridge, right here in Manhattan, they'll bring liquor out to your car because, by God, the state of Kansas said, that's okay for now. If you need to get your booze, just drive up and honk and yell, booze. Actually, I don't know if that's how it works. I don't know how it works at all. I can't leave my own damn house. Guys, the other day, I took the trash down to the curb, and I stepped into the cul-de-sac. I stepped off my driveway into the cul-de-sac, and I felt like uh, the feds were going to arrest me. <laughs> I get very paranoid. When was the last time you left your house? Like, uh, in a vehicle somewhere else? The day we did the podcast together in the office. So it's been three weeks? Yep. Three wow. weeks. Did you even know it was going to be the last time? Uh, no, I didn't. I knew I, we wouldn't probably be podcasting. Well, actually, on that day, we thought we would still meet up and podcast, um, which I still think we probably could. Zach never leaves home. I, mean, I went a whole week without leaving last week. Um. But I, I now accept the fact that I can't go to the grocery store. I can't run to Walgreens, which is, Zach, you know what a lifestyle that is for me. I like to go yeah. to Walgreens and shop where I am the young, hot guy. I'm like the kid hanging out in Walgreens compared to the other customers and, you know, pick up some of those things that I need. That's just how I roll in my life is Walgreens, and I can't do that. I can't leave. This is this is not a pandemic. This is a hostage situation. I'm being held against my will by a bat-driven virus. You know, the other day I was cleaning off the back porch. Um, it was not the other day. It was on one of those warm days during the winter, and we've got a, a – umbrella that's folded up and so i brought the umbrella out so i could sweep behind it and there was a bat hanging on it i'm not lying there was a bat hanging on the back of the umbrella i thought that was a great place to winter because it was up underneath our ease it was underneath it was protected he was in a corner he was out of all the weather elements it's a perfect place for a bat and i finally got him shooed away and he flew off into you know wherever bats go in the daylight you didn't eat it yeah, you know, that was where I was going. I was like, not once did I go, mmm, that's some good eating right there. <laughs> I think your backyard is a wet market. Uh, we could. We have possum. We have squirrel. Apparently, we have bat. We have the occasional neighborhood cat. Um, <laughs> what else do we have? We got lots of birds, tons of birds. There was a hawk the other day just trolling me up above, just circling and i'm like dude i'm way too big for you but i think he was eyeing me i yeah i think we could run a wet market out of my backyard stay away from my dogs my dogs are not although my scottish terrier might be good eating she's kind of probably well marbled boy we got down in the weeds didn't we that's just where that's where i lead you 
it just off into nowhere that means nothing and just me talking. This segment sponsored by the High Low. It is not a wet market. It serves real, delicious, damn American food. Burgers and pizza. Burgers and pizza. And wonderful drinks. Make sure you get to the high-low. I'm really worried about all these local businesses. I really am. I'm really, really worried that when we come out of this, some of them won't. They just won't reopen. Sucks. It sucks. This whole thing sucks. But you know what doesn't suck, Zach? Is the PowerCat Questions podcast and your questions from Wabash Station. That was a kick-ass transition. Zach. From Purple Cheese, if you were Gene Taylor, would you be sitting down with Bruce Weber to figure out what is going on? If I was in Gene Taylor's shoes, yeah, I would just, I'd be very supportive, but say, look, man, we got to see some progress. This, this didn't happen to you. It happened because of you and how the roster was managed. You know, you've signed too many guys. You took too many chances. Didn't work out. You've had too many people leave. You're you're not young next year because you graduated seven seniors in four years. When all if all these guys stick around and are seniors and they all graduate, I'll accept that the following year K State will be young. I'm in on that. But when you had two guys that were actually on scholarship graduate, and you know the third senior was given a scholarship that you couldn't fill. And you've got this many young players. Guys are going to have 11 players with one or no years of experience on this roster. 11 of your 13 players and two seniors that honestly are role guys. That if you if you ask me what returning players on last year's team stepped up and improved their game, I would have picked Mike McGurl and Levi Stockard. Even if nominal, they went in the right direction. And the rest will be... Sophomores, freshmen, junior college. It's unbelievable. Zach, I don't know if you had this question ready or not. I saw it somewhere on the discussion boards. But how many um, you know, transfers or departures after this year from the freshman class would be acceptable? Tim, I'm curious what you think. I think one or two is inevitable because just because we have what, five or six, maybe seven coming on to the team. So, you know, it's going to happen. We don't know who, obviously. I would have never guessed in a million years that Cardi was going to leave or Marcus Foster or any of these really talented players we had. So, Fitz, I'm curious what you think about that. Or I don't know if that was a question, Zach, that I steal it from you. No, that's that's fine. That's yeah, they're at, they're at five right now, true freshmen, right? Um, right now, yeah, yeah. And if they can pick up Donovan Williams, they'll be at six. I, I don't think – Two guys leaving is out of the question. What it comes down to, though, who are those guys, not by name, but by role they're filled? Is it the guys that get beat out on playing time and realize that I'm stuck behind players of like or similar ages? They're either freshmen or sophomores, and I'm going to have to improve my game an awful lot to get up on top of them on this roster, or I could do what Everyone seems to do now, I'll just go to a different school. Those guys, it's okay. I get it. But if it's a guy like, let's just say Donovan Williams comes in and plays really well, you know, it just excels and shows that he's a big-time player. If he's the guy that says, well, I'm going to go sit out because now I can play at fill-in-the-blank. 
that's going to be troubling. So I, I do think at least one of them will leave after the freshman season. Two is okay if it's the right people. And three, if half of them leave, then that's really troubling. But the upside of having a lot of young talent, having a lot of guys that could come in and be productive players, the upside is you've got a lot of roster choices. You can move guys around. You, when guys are hot, they can play. You know, one of the problems that went wrong last year was if someone wasn't playing well, they got to play. There was no accountability. There wasn't enough depth to pull someone off the court and say, we're going to go with this guy because you're not playing well. You have to up your game. Everyone's getting minutes. Nobody was accountable. This team next year will be very accountable. If you're not playing well, there's a dude sitting over here that wants to play and is capable of playing. We're going to give him his shot now because we need to find out what he's like. Hopefully we'll see players emerge. Hopefully the competitive nature of trying to get playing time will be healthy and guys won't see it as a deterrent. Hopefully there'll be a team, a sense of team where they're like, yeah, there's, there's six of us. There's, you know, nine of us or 10 of us in the, it'd be wow, 10 in the freshman and sophomore classes. We're going to stay here as a group and my minutes may not be as what I want, but we're going to be an incredible team during our junior and senior seasons. Hopefully that develops, but in this current environment of college basketball, that's unlikely. From Adam K63, will the football staff be using more of the virtual reality tour for future prospects and recruits? You know what? I I was just telling my beautiful bride this the other day. I wonder how much this time period in our history is going to change. How many people like me who would, and really, because I'm not, I currently don't have an iPhone. Get in there, Zach. I'm getting there. I'm moving baby steps towards the iPhone world. Can't wait. But for you guys, FaceTiming has been common. But for the half of us in this society who are Android, we don't FaceTime. But now we're having to. I mean, my wife's been doing virtual girls' nights, and she had her her group got together, did, didn't talk about The Bachelor, whatever's going on there. God help me. Um Tonight we're gonna we're gonna get together on Zoom with some friends and and have a drink. And when you translate that into the athletic world, they're doing these virtual tours. I don't know what's into the virtual tours. I, I haven't seen how they do it. But I would think if you're really aggressive and have someone that's very creative, you could do something really cool. And it could close the distance between Manhattan, Kansas, and a kid in New York. Now that Shane Southwell's on the staff and he might want to go into the Bronx, if he can give someone a virtual tour of the campus and show his family what a beautiful community is, what a beautiful campus is, and how much uh, more safe and you know less trouble there is in Manhattan before the kid even considers his visits, I think kids might come to Manhattan on visits more often, on official physical visits more often, if they've had a virtual tour, not just photos, not just a video, but whatever they're doing for this virtual tour, if it's a well-executed, might say, yeah, I want to go visit that. K-State could really use this to their advantage. This could be something that comes out of this whole situation that benefits schools just like Kansas State. Or if, if you're Boise State, 
and trying to recruit kids and kids are like, I want to play power five. I don't want to go to Boise state. And then they flip on the virtual tour and show you what Boise, Idaho and the university is about. Kids might want to go. Yeah, that's a pretty cool scenic place. I'm on, I'm on go on a visit there and see the blue turf and all that. I think schools that have been at a disadvantage can now use these virtual tours as an advantage, as something that gets uh, in front of schools that might seem cooler than they are in reality. I'll take, as an example, Stanford. If you're not going for academics, you might think Stanford is a cool place. And, and I've been to that campus, and I'm like, well, it's, it's campus. Yeah, it's, it's a big open, open campus. It wasn't impressive, at least what I saw. But, boy, it sounds cool. And maybe going to Manhattan, Kansas doesn't sound cool to a lot of kids. But a virtual tour, they'll go, that place is all right. What we, what we realize about it, it's a really neat place, and it's a cool awesome campus and a great environment. I don't know. That was a long answer for that, but I, I think this good things could come out of this situation in our personal lives and in the, you know, for recruiting and encouraging students to come to have a virtual tour available at all moments where prospective students, not athletes, students could take, it could be a big advance for a place like Kansas state. I just looked at it on the website. It's basically just a whole bunch of 360 pictures of the facilities and stadium that's not so. good enough you know that's you that's, gotta you gotta figure out a way to do a presentation that's for someone I really a lot, don't know a lot smarter than i am somehow be interactive like digital zach gives you a tour and answers questions without a shirt on that would help enrollment a lot oh the barbershop's cool wow you're on it right now while you're yeah, on it right us, now you're touring some you're you're not really with us. the stadium. Why I'm actually considering playing football for K State. That's a lot of Gatorade right there. Wow, that's funny. That'll, that'll impress. <laughs> I want to go. <laughs> Moving on. Next question is from Wizard six two nine four. How different would K State's defense? How would how different would it have been if Todd Monachino never left for the Bears? Ted Monachino. It's like we heard. Is it Ted or Todd? Did Ted. I call him Todd? You call him Todd. Yeah, my bad. That's right. It's my bad. Hey, Ted. he he never he took the job and started a home shop and never got here. We will refer to him as Todd. Uh, I don't know, Zach. I can't envision what kind of defense he would have run if he would have run Kleiman's four man front or his own three man front. I was so baffled by the hiring to start with. I was almost relieved when it fell through and. We all found out that Scotty Hazelton was the truth. So I don't know how it looked, but I can't imagine it being a better result in year one, picking up the pieces that were left behind and all the problems that defense had had to be as productive and intrusive on opposing offenses as Scotty Hazelton's defense was. I don't know if we can sit around and say anyone would have been better than that. And so hopefully now, Joe Klanderman can just pick that up and run with it because now they got the forward progress. They were dead in the water as a defense. They improved, got some momentum, and hopefully it goes. What Monachino would have done, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know enough about the dude. And like I just said, I couldn't figure out the hire from the get-go. It just didn't make sense to what Kleiman wanted to do. It was a weird hire, but I think – Looking back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I don't think anybody would have wanted to have Monarchy. You know, I think everyone's happy with Hazleton, but the way I see it is going forward with Klanerman, 
is Klanerman versus Monachino is if you would have had one or the other, which one's going to be better. And I think, you know, Klanerman being around for a year under Hazleton, so to speak, and being able to kind of do the same thing. I think that that might be a better, I don't know, better comparison. It's such a vague, I never got a grasp on what he was going to be. So ask me now what he would have been. I honestly don't know. Maybe they'd been incredible, but I don't regret Scotty Hazleton coming for one year. I wish he had stayed. I wish Kansas State could have paid more. I wish he would have stayed. I wish he would be here for four, five, six, seven, eight years. But that wasn't in the cards. And he leaves K-State's defense in such a better place, I'm never going to regret that he, he departed or that he ever came. I think Joe Klanderman was an obvious hire. And I think he'll do a good job. But, you know, it's been a long time since he called plays on game day defensively, and we'll see if he adapts to it. From Purple Cheese, I've been rewatching the 2003 football season to fill my sports void and relive my freshman year at K-State. How have you been filling the sports void? Gilly, uh, have you gone back and uh, relived that 2003 season when you were? I don't remember it at all. Yeah, four, but I, I should. Four, three, four. I was four. Uh, yeah, but I apparently went to all the games. My parents had season tickets and took me, but I don't remember a single thing. But I've been. You were drunk the whole time, weren't you? True. You were blacked out drunk as a four-year-old. <laughs> this is just ah, oh, it's awful. You fit in. Well, <laughs> Definitely. I don't know. It's a good question, though. I don't. I haven't done much with sports. Been doing a little poker online with my friends instead of sports. So, you know, I may or may not like to wager some some money on sports. May or may not do that, but I haven't been doing much as far as watching sports. How about you, Fitz? None. None. I'm not going back and watching any of the old stuff. I'm just not someone that does that. You know, they. They show old basketball or football, whatever they're doing. I did watch the Xavier K-State game because that was such an amazing game um, when it was on CBS Sports Network. But I'm, I'm not going back and surfing, watching old games, not on YouTube, watching games. Um, it's not how I'm wired. I'm just watching other things. And I'm, honestly, I'm doing a lot of podcasting, and that's kind of filling my void. I mean, the new podcast – you know, calling people up and that requires a lot of post edit to make sure the sounds clean and everything. I'm enjoying that. That's how I kind of fill in my void with just kind of delving into more work and different type of work. But, um, I wish there was more marble races. Zach, I want marble races. I want uh, him to do daily marble races. And I feel like he's really missing an opportunity to, you know, just kind of show the world that he can be an elite sport with marbles. Usually I'll leave ESPN on. So whatever's on, I'll just have it on. Not necessarily watching it, but I'll still have sports center on at night. See, I'm a very news oriented television watcher, so to speak. Like I don't really watch a lot of TV, like drama or comedy, like, like Fitz does like on Netflix. Like I watch, I like watching, you know, news. So between sports and news, it just, it's awful. Cause everything's just coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. Like it's not even any like political stuff, like election. Like I enjoy stuff like that. And there's none of that. That's normally garbage to watch. So like, I just, I, I don't know what to do. I've been playing a lot of call of duty, but that's, that's basically it for anything. Really. I, I can't watch the news, man. I just can't. It, 
because it does get political still. And I'm like, how are we making this yeah. political? I mean, we should be pulling together here and quit sniping at each other. It just seems like we turn on the news. It's like, well, you could be locked in your house for the next six months. And I'm like, I don't want to hear that. And that's essentially what my column was about with telling us that mm-hmm. football season won't take place. We don't need to hear that right now. We need to hear some type of optimism. Maybe there is treatments out there. Maybe there will be a window here where baseball can play and not all play their games in Arizona. This That is the most – have you followed that? That they're going to play everything in Arizona? I saw a little bit. That's just idiotic. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make a lick of sense. They're still going to be exposed to so many people outside of their realm. And how do you manage rosters? When guys get injured, if there's no AAA baseball, who do you call up? What? I don't understand any yeah, of this. There's I don't know. So much logistics there. And they want to play it in Arizona when it's going to be 120 midday playing double letters. The players union isn't going to take that. Come on. Yeah. Maybe Florida, maybe Florida if, as the alternate, you know, it's another spring training place. You could maybe play in Florida, but nobody's going to want to play in that. I mean, you're essentially going to have to play day games all season because and I mean day games for the central and eastern time zones. You probably want to start a baseball game at like nine in the morning, yeah, in Arizona, so that yeah, because you can't even play it at night in Arizona because then it'd be just all West Coast games and that's not ideal. I honestly but think we take it. Yeah, I honestly think that they'd be best off putting the American League in one side and the National League in the other side. It's, you know. Separate them out. I don't know. I, guys, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do any of this. But I, what I'm back to my point, I just need to feel like, you know, even that gives me some hope there'll be some live sports. But I don't need to be hearing over and over and over about, you know, this doesn't work. That won't work. You can't do that. You shouldn't try that. Only get, only, uh, get your information from certain sources. And even if there's doctors telling you, this works. You should do this. Don't listen to them. I'm like, just, oh, it's just an information overload right now. And I'm really worried about the mental health of all of us. We need sports, damn it. We just need real <laughs> live sports. I don't know how we're going to get there, but boy, we better get there as a society because I think we're going to come apart pretty soon. I think golf and tennis will be the first ones back. If I'm tennis, I'm, I'm pushing hard. Now there's a sport. You could put everyone in a location and play different events and not have travel. You have a limited number of competitors. You know, even if it's a hundred or so people, you know, on the men's side or whatever, you know, there is for I was thinking less than that probably. Yeah. But even at a in you know, if you go a big group you can play that in one side. If you're tennis, this is an amazing opportunity to grab people, to grab viewers, to get back to where you were, to develop the personalities that I had with Jimmy Connors and Rod Laver and Bjorn Borg and all those old tennis players when there were storylines. It was almost like heavyweight fighters. You knew who they were. So it's an opportunity for a sport like tennis to get back in the forefront and really capture some attention because there's some great players and great personalities that just get shuffled aside in this day of Sports Center. Last question of the podcast from Purple Cheese. What are you guys doing to keep busy while stuck at home? And are you picking up a new hobby? 
Oh, new hobby. I'm a full-time student. That's an easy answer for me. I mean, they've been fine. I mean, for someone like me who likes to procrastinate, it hasn't been, hasn't been good just because I can push everything off, you know, to the end of the week. But overall, you know, I'm in bed right now as we're doing this. So it's nice to be in bed and be in lecture, but I've had a few classes are, you know, you have to be on zoom at this certain amount of time. Um, some of them are just pre-recorded, but overall I'm not getting the same education that I would be if I was in Manhattan. There's no doubt about that, but if they've done, they've done the best they could. And I, the biggest thing for me is I'm waiting for my check back from, from K state about, you know, the, the rec fee and the on-campus fee, the service fee, all this stuff, man. That's my biggest concern right now, guys. Yeah. Did they say they were going to pay that back to you? Or are you just hopeful? I, I'm hopeful. I don't think I've heard anything. I don't know a lot. I'm a kind of an idiot, but I haven't heard anything. Well, they don't huh. have the money. I mean, well, I don't have the money. <laughs> I know it's it's a mess. the The state is going to have to allocate funds to the universities to do this kind of stuff because the universities are dead freaking broke. I don't. It's a it's horrible. I imagine what they'll do is they'll credit you forward. You know, they'll just kick the can down the road. Next year, you won't have those fees. And they'll kind of try to spread out um, their the impact of their lack of income or having to refund money. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I hope you're right. It's, it, there's so many. So we get into this. There's so many unanswered questions. And it's almost overwhelming for all the entities to try to come up with these answers in, in sensible ways. I don't know how the university is going to come out of this. I really don't. And Kansas State won't be yeah. the only one that suffers on the backside of this. It, if classes don't – on-campus classes don't resume in the fall, there will be universities closing. They just can't – they won't be able to withstand it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And one problem leads to another – I guess one solution leads to another problem, I should say. Yep. Zach, what, how are you filling your time, brother? Call of Duty. Call of New Duty. New season comes out tomorrow. I'm glad that we're we're recording now because I'm going to be useless tomorrow. <laughs> Zach, what is your favorite Call of Duty game? Ooh, there's only one right answer uh, to. I mean, Modern Warfare Two is the first Call of Duty game I had, and that one was amazing. That was the one I played the most up until now. This one's easily going to be my most played game, the new one. So, I mean, I like the the current one. As far as time has progressed, I think that this one is probably going to be my favorite, and it's probably going to be the best one. In my opinion, hmm. Modern Warfare Two is the correct answer, though. Well, glad I <laughs> glad I helped you out there. I'm holding out. Glad for, we agree. Holding out for a Call of Duty wet market, in which <laughs> you just sit around and eat weird stuff. That's the whole game. There's no I, guns. You just eat stuff, and then you die of a virus. It's going to be really a boring game, but that's just how I'm going to roll. Uh, I started watching The Wire. Now, we talked about The Office earlier about I've never watched it, and, you know, I can have that in my back pocket. I haven't watched season three of Ozark yet. I started watching The Wire, and The Wire is an incredible police crime show. It's one of the original HBO shows that was a big deal about Baltimore. It's not flattering to Baltimore at all. Um, and, and it's free right now. It's on Amazon. Yeah, it's it's really good it's good but i'm just gonna say this um dominic west is the lead character for a show that is as highly acclaimed as it is for as respected as it is and for one that i am truly enjoying he is a really crappy actor in a leading role 
I mean, because you, when I say his name, you don't go, oh, yeah, he went into a lot of big stuff. No, you know, he's gone on to some other stuff. You'd recognize him, but he's really not good. He kind of bothers me. So, uh, but it's it's good. It's incredible. It, Like I said, no wonder travel and tourism to Baltimore stopped while the wire was going on because it looks like it makes the city look like the most corrupt place in the world. And it'd be like visiting Beirut. And, and we had a couple rivals conferences in Baltimore because Under Armour, when Under Armour was with rivals, that's its headquarters. I truly enjoyed Baltimore. You know, I knew that there was areas of town you didn't go into, but that's true of most big cities. Now, it was a little bit more like Chicago in which you could be in a good area, walk two blocks, be in a bad area, and walk two more blocks and be in a good area. Some guys found that out. Some national radio guys found that out by leaving our seafood restaurant and then trying to walk back to the hotel and they got mugged. You know, it's like everyone's saying, you probably shouldn't do that. You're going to go through an area. And they were kind of like, well, we'll be fine. There's a group of us. So, but yeah, I'm watching The Wire. I'm enjoying that. Um, and that's really about the only thing different I'm doing other than the Life of Fitz podcast. So I talked to Ben Lieber the other day. You know, and honestly, I, I came up with the podcast idea because I knew I'd have time on my hands. So let's just call people that I haven't called in a long time. And I just shot the, you know what, with Ben for 50 minutes. It was freaking awesome. Just getting caught up. I think all of us could do that. You know, call that relative you haven't talked to in a while. Call that friend you haven't talked to in a while. You all got time. Let's go do it. It's kind of, it's been really good for my soul. It's been really helpful to me in my situation and being locked down. So I don't know. That got deep. Man, that got deep. Wow. Zach, was that it? Is that anything else here, Dad? That's it. We really, truly appreciate you listening to us, the PowerCap podcast. If any of you are having trouble, you know, you're you're kind of uh, in a situation, hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Wabash Station. Let us know, and uh, we'll pull together as a family and try to help each other out. And we're, we're here. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you being part of the family. Um, we've got a great core group of people. Uh, it's a really, really neat community of people that um, generally get along. You know, we've had, we do have our bickering back and forth, which is what all message boards should have. But um, you don't have to agree with everyone's opinion to get along at Go Power Cap. We will be back on Friday with the overtime. Maybe I'll be back later in the week with another Life of Fits podcast if I can pin down another guest. Apparently, I need to be a little more ferocious in my booking. Like, hey, you want to do it? It's not working right now. But uh, we'll continue to podcast. D. Scott will continue to crank out information. And we will do our best to remain on top of basketball recruiting. If Gilly's not delivering pizzas, he'll be delivering you recruiting info. That's how he rolls. You've been listening to the Power Cat Questions podcast presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Okey dokey. Prepare yourself. You will not beat me.
us for the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus.